Good to have you back here on a Tuesday afternoon. This is Sports Talk along with Adrian Bridas. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Jason Craig's in the house. Apparently COVID doesn't scare Jason. Came in here, came into my office. I looked at him and I said, you realize, right? He goes, oh yeah, I got a immune system of, uh, what is like a rhino? I forget what he said, something like that. An ox. An ox. There you go. Man's not afraid. So I gave him a fist bump. Felt good about that. You know, you come into the office, my office, and I'm just you know wanting people to be prepared. But uh, he wasn't worried at all. Now I, I don't blame him, Steve. Hey, you, you've been you've been uh, clear for a while now. I have, although one of our coworkers today, uh, Marina Lee, she saw me, was wondering why I was wearing a mask. And when I told her, she acted like I had the bubonic plague. So I said, "Jeez, Marina, it was it's been a week and a half." She still wasn't uh, so. It's it's weird. It's like this is the reaction, you know. It's that's that COVID reaction, Adrian. Now, granted, Marina is probably twice the age of Jason, so I get it. I do, but still, it's just uh, you know you're you're navigating through uncharted waters. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, out of uh, what we've learned from the pandemic, what we learned from COVID is, I guess you can't ever be too. Uh, too cautious, and That's uh, right. in, in this case right here, better be safe than sorry. That's exactly right. That is exactly correct. That's why nobody's allowed in my studio in this broadcasting area for the show. I don't want to, don't want to put anybody at risk. Even though, um, according to CDC regulations, tomorrow I could ultimately stop wearing a mask around the building. I won't because I want everybody to feel safe. I want them to feel good. But that is according to the latest CDC uh, in, reg- in, in, in terms of how they feel. I don't know, Adrian. It's so weird. It just really is. You know, the whole thing is, uh, is strange. But, hey, you got to do what's best for you, what's best for everybody else, right? That's, that's the name of the game. Even if, even if he has the immune system of an ox, as he said. An ox, Adrian. I know he could. He still has to be a little careful. I understand, and uh, so so uh, will all of us here at the Lubingo Studios. We'll be. That's good. right. We're behind this glass. We're fine. So the A team is going to join us via Zoom today at four twenty instead of in our Lubingo Studios. For that reason, we'll uh, we'll Zoom with them. We're going to Zoom with a lot of people today. Uh, we're Zooming with Eric Villa at five o'clock, the former UTEP minor, and then Adrian's got a very special uh, interview lined up with. Um, MMA fighter Max Holloway of UFC, he's got a huge matchup uh, coming up later uh, this weekend against Alexander Volkanovsky. That's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, this is the trilogy, Steve. This is a huge fight right here. Uh, Featherweight Championship is coming up this Saturday on pay-per-view via ESPN+. Max Holloway has everything to lose in this fight, uh, and uh, you know he has a lot to gain as well. He he really wants to gain the respect from his uh, peers. He's known as one of the best featherweights uh, maybe of this generation, and Max Holloway getting a chance to do it against uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. This is a huge, huge fight this Saturday as part of the trilogy. Yep. Uh, Volkanovsky won the first two matchup so if he wins the third there probably won't be a fourth uh, I would agree with that that's probably the case usually if somebody wins the first two and then wins another one that's you know it's hard to have a hard to have the what, what do you call it? if it's a trilogy what do you call the fourth I'm not sure I, Jason you know this you can't have a four because then it breaks even if it breaks even Ah, okay I like that, that that's a good point that's a good point right because right it has to be like best out of three best out of five so now it's like the trilogy 
And then you could say the next fight after this, that's the rematch if Max Holloway actually wins it, which is, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for him. All right. Well, that's that's true. So anyway, that's that's how we that's how we start the show today. And if that's not enough, at six, Reggie Miller's going to be with us. No, not Reggie Miller, former Indiana Pacer, great turn broadcaster. The other Reggie Miller, the UTEP Reggie Miller, former Abilene Christian basketball alumna, is going to be with us. So we'll get. Reggie Miller, the latest staff member. What is he now? Is he the um, chief of staff? Correct. He replaced uh, Byron, uh, Brian Spriggs in that chief of staff job. What uh, does that mean? No, it's, I mean, come on. Come on. No, no, no. Chief of staff is like, for the, is. is like for the uh, for Washington, D.C. What is the chief of staff for UTEP? Let's call it what it is. It's a, it's a glorified uh, title in order for you to get your foot in the door, and, and uh, it's a step above a GA spot. So Do you think Reggie Miller is going to uh, is going to admit that to us, no. that that's what he is? No, he's going to tell us that he works on day-to-day operations. He works closely with the team, works closely with the coaches behind uh, closed doors, helps out with video. He's going to tell us all the details and the dirty work that he helps with this team. Is that what he's going to do? I think so. All I right. think so. I'm excited about having Reggie Miller on the program. Um, yes, the UTEP Reggie Miller. By the way, have you noticed that if you go to his, if you go to his Twitter handle, at SniperJones10 with two eyes, Sniper with two eyes, have you noticed he's got the old UTEP logo in the background? I kind of like that. The old color scheme. Oh, okay, I see Not this. the new scheme. Yeah, I'm looking at I this like, right now. I like the fact that he's going retro. I don't even think he knows that he's going retro. But he's but he found something that looks kind of cool. It's the old scheme, and uh, he's going with it. He's running with it. Yes, uh, coming out of the Houston area, Reggie Miller joining the staff. Yeah, he's he's getting uh, he throws the UTEP uh, and a basketball logo and a little uh, pickaxe emoji on there. So yeah, I can see that he's already trying to uh, you know instill himself here in El Paso and show uh, that he's happy to be here with the Miners. I think so too. I do. I think that's correct. Hey, by the way, Adrian, I feel good hitting the air today at four o'clock. There's a little more pep to my step. Um and and I feel I feel a little bit more like myself after a yesterday's uh, three hour extravaganza. I just needed that to get back in the swing of things. Yeah, it's like you you do one and then we're set for the rest of the week. We've got a busy week ahead of us in sports talk. A lot of sports coming here for Fourth Ju- of July weekend. So glad that you're feeling better and glad that you got a little bit more pep in your talk. Thanks, appreciate that. Hey, uh, uh, Jay Craig, uh, I got to ask you, man, uh, since you were with Adrian Friday at the. Uh, Aaron and Alvin Jones uh, celebrity softball game, and you were doing all the uh, the moving back and forth. I mean, you were you went to the press conference covering that. You stayed later after Adrian left. Adrian's like me now. He shows up for the broadcast, and then he gets the heck out of there. He he under, You know, Adrian's got you know he's got a fiance, he's got a new house, he's got a busy life, he's in sales. Adrian is exactly like me now. You know, it used to be where Adrian would stay late, he'd be there till the very end. Now he's like, I'm getting the heck out of Dodge and leaving. But you stuck around on Friday, so what was it like firsthand being at Southwest University Park for that game? Well, it was awesome. The, the environment was really cool. wasn't like a sellout game, but it was still cool like to have like the whole lower level kind of filled out. A lot of Aaron Jones fans, Green Bay Packers, you know, yeah. the, the cheese heads were out. Um, it was really cool, man, and I got to hang out with a lot of my friends that were, uh, you know, that were playing the game and some of the, the family members of the, like, a lot of connections. You know, this DJ thing, we, we're connected a little bit with everything that goes on. 
Who do you have friends that were playing in the game? Who were you friendly with? Like half the, half of the field. Half the tournament, uh, half yeah. the game, huh? Yeah. Aaron's uh, a good friend of mine. Alvin, Dickie Williams, Crystal Poppin, and her friends. And oh, cool. Yeah, I've been around. Me and Crystal, like, go way, way back. Like, we're, I remember when she first started, so. Oh, uh, wait a minute. So if you're friends with Aaron and Alvin, does that mean you'll be able to uh, reestablish that relationship and get him back on the air with us? Yeah. Uh, yo, actually. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's AB, like, AB was talking about that, and, you know, it, it's it's close. I tried to mend that uh, that relationship. Well, I don't even know why. I mean, you're it's, not, it's, it's not like it was bad, yeah. but I, I'm so, just saying I have, a, I have a bridge there. There's a bridge. So let me explain this to you, okay? We started interviewing them when they were at Burgess, right? Then they go to UTEP. We talked to them throughout their UTEP years. Then the then when Aaron goes pro, um, well, first off, we broadcasted a special show right before the NFL draft when they were when uh, they were both out there at uh, the sixty six uh, Spirit of sixty six. We did that. Then the first couple years when Aaron was uh, with the Packers, we had him on regularly. And then, like, the last two, three years, right, since COVID, it's all changed. So that's, you know, I, I blame COVID for this. I mean, that that kind of uh, it took us out of the mix a little bit. So now we, we've got to reestablish that. And as far as I'm concerned, hey, if you're tight with the, uh, with the Joneses, then, uh, Jason, this is – now that you're officially a paid member of the team, this is where you start to use your connections and compromise things a little bit for the greater good of the show. It's it's all about the show, Jason, and you got to, you know, sometimes take those relationships and leverage them together to get the show going. Absolutely, and that's uh, that's what I feel like I'm going to be trying to do uh, as best as I can in, in all ways possible. Good. I appreciate that. So, yeah, you get them here. And then the, as soon as they get here, the first thing I'll tell the two of them is what happened to you guys? What, 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 what you know, how do we lose, how do we lose touch? We were, we were so tight. We were close. And now it's like, it's not the same anymore. We'll, we'll re, we'll reestablish that. We'll, we'll, we'll break bread with those two and, uh, and get everybody back on the bandwagon again. That's no problem. But if you can, uh, you know, if you can help uh, help use your your connections, uh, Jason, that would be perfect, man. Look, all I'm trying to do is, uh, you know, see what every every everything that Aaron's doing. I want to be a part of that too. So good. If, if he's you wearing be. if he's wearing Oakleys, I'm gonna wear Oakleys. If he's wearing go. gold, the gold jewelry thing, I'm yeah. gonna wear it too. Just to be that close, you know, that seven degrees of separation. I like that. You're gonna be just like Aaron Jones without the bank account. Is exactly. what you're telling me. <laughs> the tax bracket is no, we're not the same. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Are you also uh, friendly with the great Khalid? Um, no, I actually I've never met him. I've been oh, trying okay. to. It's just you know. I was just curious. I, I, I'm just now. I'm more interested in all the uh, name drop celebrities locally that you do know that we have no idea about. That's that's kind of next up on the list. That's I'm just trying sure. to get close to any of them. If this is the doorway to get close, then this is what we're going to do, and we're going to bring them right here. All right, that sounds that sounds great. Hey, by the way, is 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 uh, her real name Crystal Poppin? Because that's the greatest name for a performer of all time. Her real name is Crystal, and her last name is really Poppin. No, <laughs> uh, I was gonna say because if your name is really Crystal Poppin, that is that is terrific, man. That is a gift right there. You realize yeah. that? Yeah, as long as I've known her, we just called her KP. So that's you know. Okay, and you call Adrian AB? Yep. What am I, SK? No, you're Steve. All right, you can call me SK if you want. That's fine. I'll feel I feel like part of the club. That's okay. I like the the initials. That's good. Steve I like, Cap. I like that. There you go. Or Cappy is what people usually call me, but that's all right. Um, uh, what do you think of Jay Craig? You like that? Anybody else call you Jay Craig? No, that's the first. Good man. All right, that's good. What are your other nicknames? Mine. Uh, what are my other nicknames? Nah. You're a DJ. You have yeah. to have nicknames. Well, we, okay, so before I moved to Denver for a while. So before I moved to Denver, I, when I was out here, I, I went by Red One. So everybody just called me Red. Why? That was my DJ name. 
your 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 DJ name was Red One. Yeah. The number one. Yes. Okay. And then when I was in Denver, I was like, you know what? If I'm going back, I have to change it, make it easier for people to to come up to me and not think that this ego thing. And so I was just like, just call me by my name. I am who I am, and that's it. You're like Popeye. I am who I am. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So now you're now a UTEP games. What do they call you when you go to the U, when you're DJing at the UTEP games? What do they call you? Jason Craig. All right. So you got your real name at UTEP. Yes. But at one point you were Red One. Yes. All right. What do you like better, Red One or or Jason Craig? Jason Craig. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Listen, when you can professionally use your name and have no issue with that, that's that's terrific. They tried to. You know, when I got into radio, they tried to change my name. They did. Really? Oh, yeah. Lou Romano thought it'd be brilliant for me to turn my name from Steve Kaplowitz to Cappy Stevens. And I said, no. I, You know what I told him? I said, no, I am not going to be Cappy Stevens, even though you think that that would be a great TV name. I want everybody in this town to know how to pronounce Kaplowitz for my name. That is exactly what it's all about. So I kept my name. I refused to change my name, considering almost everybody in radio goes by an assumed name. Nobody uses their real name. They all have different names. But I wouldn't do that. I wanted I wanted El Pasoans to understand how to pronounce Kaplowitz. So that was a that was a big goal of mine. And I and in and, like twenty seven years, mission accomplished. We've done it. But you realize that if Lou Romano had his say. I would have been Cappy Stevens. That would have been my uh, that would have been my on air name. Man, that's an unbelievable story, Steve. I did not know this was the case. Uh, I did stupid, not know it's stupidity, but it's a, it's the truth. But this is the this is the one of the reasons why we still see uh, people in our building who are uh, named something different. Buzz Adams. It's not his real name. You know, there's a lot of uh, examples like that in our building, which is just kind of interesting. I'm now wondering if his real name is even Lou Romano. It might be fake. That could oh. be his phony name. Who oh, knows? Man. I like now you're on to something, Steve. Well, I've been to his I've been to his hometown um, in Colorado where I grew up um, after New York. I've been to Romano's Italian restaurant. They all call him Louie or Louis. But, uh, you know, they didn't call him Lou. But, you know, I'm still wondering if that's his real name. I, I really am a little curious about that. So Luis anyway. Romano. Luis Romano <laughs> would be perfect. So. All right. Hey, good start to the show. A team coming up. We'll get a chance to talk about the homestand that begins tonight. Big one for you Chihuahuas fans. Chihuahuas and the Oklahoma City Dodgers. It's sports talk getting going on a Tuesday afternoon right after Charlie One, who's back with our first traffic update. little classic Bowie for you as we get you back here on Sports Talk 21 now past the hour. Oh, I love classic Bowie. That is great stuff. Uh, happy you're playing this, Adrian. I'm also really happy that the A-team's back with us, although they're they're with us via Zoom. That's right. Um, we've never really had the A-team joining us uh, from their offices at Southwest University Park, but they are here. Angela Olivas, Andy Emfeld. Welcome back, you two. It, uh, it, it's the second best thing to having you in our Lubingo studios, uh, having you via Zoom, right? Right. Awkward. Weird. It's yeah, this is, yeah I haven't done yeah, this before. We're on Zoom, but we're on the radio, so yeah, it's kind of exciting. <laughs> uh, that's, that's good. Andy, are you growing a mustache? No, I'm not growing a mustache. I mean, you got a, a little scruff going on, but no, I'm not growing a mustache. Okay, I, I did see Top Gun though, and it's awesome. 
I was wondering if you were doing it in honor of uh, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, that could have been the thing. Now, uh, you're going to be giving away some of your tips. So before the game tonight, will you, in fact, shave and be clean shaven? Or will you keep the facial growth and uh, just go uh, with what you have right now? Which to me looks like the what, what looks like it could be the start of a stash. I can't really tell for sure from this view, but at least that seems to be what it appears like. Yeah, no, not shaving before Gates today. Might do it tonight after the game, or if I wake up a little earlier in the morning tomorrow. Uh, I'm not as concerned about scruff these next couple days, but I will be for sure clean shaven by this weekend because we have a big one coming up. Yeah, you do. It's going to be a busy weekend for sure. By the way, before we get started, Andy, were you on field Friday night for the uh, A&A All the Way Foundation game? Was that your voice that was uh, emceeing? Yeah, it was me and Marina. Yeah, we had a beautiful blast it was such a fun event um home run derby and the game itself but yeah i was there uh kind of uh making some jokes with some of the players and stuff but it was a really good time who impressed you the most by the way as far as the uh two lineups honestly yes um we we knew we know aaron is an athlete he's a pro bowl running back and but i'd never see him really compete in person so just seeing him run oh my gosh he is He's lightning. He is so fast. So that was just super cool to see. That's good. As far as home run power goes, I know we all thought it would be Cody Decker, but uh, he didn't disappoint. But there are other guys that really flash the power, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Alvin got one out. I think Aaron did in an early round, I believe. Um, But, yeah, we were really pulling for Cody. And, you know, it just didn't work out in in his favor that, that day. Yeah, too bad for Cody. So that's that, that's okay. Everybody that was there had a lot of fun, had a nice crowd on Friday. It all goes to charity with the ANA All the Way Foundation. So happy you were there with Marina handling things. That's the way to do it. So uh, yeah. as we get started now, guys, uh, the Chihuahuas are back. Oklahoma City is in town. And this has the chance to be a really fun series, doesn't it? When the Dodgers come, it's just a little different than these other series. Hundred percent. It's the Dodgers affiliate, and everyone in El Paso seems like our Dodgers fans and or Astros fans, Yankees fans. Those are the three top that I see jersey wise in in the ballpark, and so I I'm expecting a ton of blue and white to don be donned right here in the ballpark and and during our six game series. Yep. And looking at looking at the standings, these are some pretty meaningful yeah. games. They're in first place, we're in second, so we got to take more than half of these to gain some ground on these Dodgers. What's Absolutely. the difference? What's the difference right now between the two teams in the standings? We're five back. Yeah. So five back with a six game series, ideally you'd like to see the Chihuahuas take four or six. If they do yeah. that, then they can pull to within three as we get to, into the break, and that would be a kind of interesting and make things a little more fun for these two teams. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Both teams are playing great, and we're, we're excited to watch some great baseball this week. Absolutely right. All right, let's talk about what you all have as far as promotions go. First off, uh, every year around this time, we always have the Stars and Stripes. Uh, that is something that is not just a Chihuahuas thing. That is a baseball thing in general. Um, guys, do we have stars and stripes lined up again this year? 
Oh, yes, we do. Uh, we do have some retail pieces, that classic hat that everyone seeks for every year. That is the same hat that's worn in my Major League Baseball. Um, those will be available for sale starting on July 1st when gates open. They'll be in ballpark only. So if you want to be the first one to have a crack at getting one of those Stars and Stripes caps, got to be here when gates open on July the 1st. That's this Friday. Now, will those Stars and Stripes caps that will be for sale be just the 5950s? Is that, the, is that pretty much the only cap that goes on sale because it's such a limited run? I believe it is just the 5950 or Anne's. Can you? Yeah, we have some shirts that we're putting on for retail um, and some other red, white, and blue uh, merchandise in the team shop. But it's the staple that everyone wants. It's a collector's item. Everyone collects it and and they want to be the first to get it because this is the only time it's ever done. It's a limited run and it's all through 120 teams in minor league baseball and then all of the major league baseball teams will wear those um and so be here july 1st or july 1st 5 30 when gates open you'll get your first crack at it if not you'll have to wait till saturday morning uh, when the team shop opens at 10 o'clock have we seen the look yet has it been released uh, to the media or is it still under wraps right now um if if you know where to find it it's out there i'm putting a release together so we can talk about the stars and stripes jersey auction that's going to take that uh, begins on Thursday morning. Um, and so that release will go in conjunction, but it's out there. It's I'm pretty sure people are putting it on sale. Um, and if you see, if you see the major league baseball caps, you'll know what it looks like. Okay. So it's uh, essentially now that MLB is running MILB, it's all one cohesive unit is the best way to describe it. Correct. Okay. Correct. Good start. Uh, so that'll be uh, the 1st of July for those people wondering, which will be Friday night. And that's our Friday morning when things really, uh, when the fun starts, right? Yeah. So Thursday is the Jersey auction, Stars and Stripes Jersey auction that, that begins for, and it's four days. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It concludes uh, the, with the final out of the game on Sunday. Okay. Three nights of GECU fire, uh, Independence Day celebration. So three nights of fireworks, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if you want to come see the best fireworks in El Paso, and they are the best fireworks in El Paso, Rod and his team do such a great job choreographing the music that Andy puts together. Um, it is really spectacular. That's why we call it a fireworks spectacular, because it is jaw-dropping, and it really, truly is a fireworks spectacular. So uh, four, three nights of fireworks, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Buy your tickets now, um, and, and let's have some fun. It's America's birthday. What better way to celebrate them with America's pastime? Well, yeah, first, we got some yeah. tricks. Yeah, we got some tricks up our sleeves on the third as well. It will be an extended show with some yep. added flair. So the third, especially, is a night you won't want to miss. Now it's very important you just mention the third because the truth is this is almost the tenth year we've had Chihuahuas baseball. I think it's in season number nine, and that's including the 2020 COVID year. But if you think about it, in all these years, the Chihuahuas have never been home on the fourth ever. Let's talk about the reason that Mount Star has always kind of avoided the 4th for a home game, but instead always wanted to go with that 3rd of July as the big one. Um, that's one of the great things about our ownership group and our leadership is that they care about families and they care about the people who work here in the office and our game day staff. And one of the things that they realize is regardless of July 3rd or July 4th, we're going to have a good time. And so why not bid for that July 3rd and then have 
uh, our staff and our game day staff celebrate with their families on July 4th. And, and that's a really big deal. It's a testament to who our ownership group is and who our leadership is in Allen and Brad. And being able to give us that that day to be with our families because there's often times where we're you know, gone and working for 20 days straight and we don't get to see our families on a holiday. And, and so that's very important. So we've always, always bid on July 3rd. Are you amazed that the scheduling gods have never once said, no, you're going to be home on the 4th and just um, ignored the request? Because sometimes the way things work is even if a team says they want something, they don't always get it. It's pretty remarkable to me that this this franchise has always had the 4th off ever since year one. I think a lot of that is because a lot of teams would rather have July 4th, to be honest. Um, it's their biggest moneymaker day. Uh, of any of any day for us it's more about family and spending time with our families than it is you know for us to bid on that july 4th weekend and everybody every team either gets one or the other so why not bid on the third spend time with your families on the fourth and then come back to work um but i can guarantee you that a majority of the teams are bidding for that july 4th day and so that's why we're always fortunate enough to get that july 3rd and I would also say this gives us the opportunity to make it a bigger celebration. hundred percent. We get to ramp up to the third, do it a big thing on the first, the second, and the third. When other teams, they wouldn't be able to do that. If they play on the fourth, you can't have Independence Day the fifth and the sixth. That's kind of weird, right? So that gives us a chance to celebrate three nights and give our, our fans a bigger, bigger weekend. More with the A-Team as we continue here on Sports Talk. But first, bottom of the hour, let's get back to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. Back right now with the A-team, Angela Olivas, Andy Imfeld from El Paso, Chihuahua's baseball homestand starts tonight. Game is actually about two hours from now, and uh, they both uh, join us via Zoom as we get ready for the Oklahoma City Dodgers kicking off tonight. You know, we spent so much time talking about what you're going to do this weekend with the jersey auction, the Stars and Stripes cap, and everything else. We've uh, yet to really talk about the start of this homestand, uh, Ange, and let's begin with uh, some of the festivities tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, so we have Taco Twos and Brews and Youth Baseball Night today. We have Wine and Nine Wednesday tomorrow, presented by Trinchero Family Estates. And then um, we have Seniors Eat Free, presented by WellMed. So uh, tomorrow, this, these two days, along with Thrifty Thursday, presented by Speaking Rock Entertainment, are like the deal days. So if you have a couple of bucks in your pocket you want to come enjoy a baseball game, this is the time to do it. And then Andy can talk more about Pride. We've got Pride Night coming. Yeah, we, we work really closely with El Paso Sun City Pride and this year also the Borderland, Borderland Rainbow Center where they set up a fundraiser. So there is a FIVO link that's been put on our social media um, where fans can purchase tickets where a portion of those proceeds will go to benefit both organizations. And you can also add on a specialty Pride hat. And I don't know, if I, Steve, you could see it, but it's a, it's a cool hat that I think a lot of people really enjoy. It's a trucker that mm-hmm. includes all the Pride colors on here with an EP logo. So uh, a great opportunity to support some local organizations in the Pride community. And is that uh, Pride hat uh, available inside the team shop? Not, no, and it's not actually. It's only purchased through this fundraising uh, platform. So the only way you can get the hat is if you support the fundraiser. And if you do that, you could just follow the Chihuahuas on social media and you'll see the links. That's correct. Yeah. Good. Is that. Angela, what about uh, Fetch the Fundraiser going on right now? Fetch the Fundraiser launched yesterday. Uh, 
Uh, in conjunction with ADP, we are raising money for the Humane Society of El Paso. So if you text the word FETCH, F-E-T-C-H, to 844-311-5007, make a $5 donation. Uh, that's what we're looking for. You can be entered to win a prize pack. For every $5 that you donate, you get another entry. So donate $15, you get three entries. But we're really trying to do some good for the Humane Society. We've been working with them since 2014, since year one. Um, they're a great organization. And of course, we love dogs. Uh, who doesn't love a good dog? And, you know, picked up Chico right off the street. Um, and we want people to go in and, and help them and, and get some adoptions going. So $5 donations is all it is. Uh, and working in conjunction with Fetch the uh, with ADP for Fetch the fundraiser, it'll go through July 18th. Now through July 18th, so you have some time to save up that money, those five dollars. Skip that burger and and make that donation. Awesome. And then uh, speaking of donations, there's also a a Whataburger food drive going on right now, isn't there? Yeah, we support the Child Crisis Center of El Paso through this food drive or for, through this fundraiser. You come to the ballpark and if you donate a dollar, you get a free Whataburger coupon. Uh, but also as a secondary prize for our 50-50 jackpot, um, you can be entered to win Whataburger for a year. Oh. And again, it's it's supporting the Child Crisis Center of El Paso. So come give us some money. We're doing a good thing. And then you get possibly if you buy a 50 50 raffle ticket get entered to win a awesome whataburger basket that includes free burgers for a year when will that be given away that's friday night oh so friday night is free whataburger for a year and i yeah. guess even to level up on that jackpot we start our mega jackpot for our independence day weekend on friday so that's going to total up all the the sales from friday saturday and sunday and then one winner from all the whole weekend is going to win. And I think when we did this last time in 2019, the pot got up to like 18 grand. Oh, my God. So it's, it's a pretty hefty amount that someone could win. Um, and you don't have to be present to win. If you just come on the first, we're going to pull that winner on the third. So come anytime that weekend and you're eligible to win that jackpot. And this is a reminder that that 50-50 jackpot presented by Texas Gas Service goes back into the community. So it goes straight to our foundation and we donate back into the community. And, and we're doing all of these great things like Fetch the Fundraiser, the Whataburger uh, Drive, Donation Drive for Child Crisis Center, 50-50. Um, all of this stuff is because we, we since day one, wanted to be an organization that was more than baseball. And it was, it was very important for our ownership group to give back to the community. And that's something that we've always stood by. And so anytime you make that donation, that 50-50 donation, it goes straight back into the community to support local programs. A-team, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Locomotive FC. Big 5 nothing win <laughs> over the New York uh, New York Red, Red Bulls. Bulls over the weekend. A very convincing win in the rain, uh, for that matter, in the first half. That's but, right. Uh, this is a club that's been playing very good on the pitch as of late and having an opportunity. I believe they've got a big matchup coming up here. Uh, is it tomorrow or on tomorrow Thursday? Tomorrow night. Yep, against uh, Rio Grande Valley. Rio Grande Valley. And then we play on the road. So these next two matches are on the road. Um, this is huge for us. We started 0-4 and, and we've just turned around. We're now in third place in our division. So we've gone from last to, to third um, and we're just climbing. I mean, we're scoring. We're explosive. This is this is a team you got to come and watch. We'll be back at home July 9th um, and we're excited. John has really turned this team around and this team is starting to really connect. And so watch ESPN, uh, ESPN Plus tomorrow night again on Saturday and let's come out July 9th for some fireworks 
uh, post match and and support this team. They're they're really good and they're they're just getting better. They're just getting started. Good plug. I love that. And by the way, they were on ESPN, the main channel, uh, just were. about a week and a half ago. That was also very exciting. Against a very good Detroit team. So uh, that was nothing to rule out. They they uh, tied 1-1, but but on the road against a very good Detroit team, that was, that was a great match for us, and we can't wait to see what else is in store for us. All right. Uh, 18, before I wrap it up, I'm heading to the ballpark tonight, um, taking Joel. So here's my question. I've got one thing to eat tonight uh, for dinner. What should my choice be and why? Uh, Andy, I'll start with you. Then, Angela, I'll wrap it up with you. Go ahead, Andy. What's my number one choice? Do you need a bang for your buck? or Because it's $2 Taco Twos and Brews tonight, or are you looking for something different? Well, okay, so if I want the bang for my buck, I get the Tacos Twos and Brews, right? That's that's a no-brainer. Yes. Okay, okay so yes. we have a brand uh, – something else that you can get. We have a brand-new burger station, and they have a lot of different <laughs> delicious burgers. That's what I was going to mention. <laughs> which, oh, my gosh, they have this new pastrami burger that's my favorite on the list. Good Lord. Oh, yeah. That sounds, that sounds great. Awesome. I mean, they this burger station is pretty cool. I think I want to say it is behind section 12324. I think, yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, so and I would hit that up. They have a jalapeno popper burger, they have the enchilada burger, and then the pastrami burger. All of them are so delicious. And if you haven't tried it yet, it's something brand new in the ballpark that we've we've just added and so delicious. I, I would highly recommend all three. I've had all three, they're very good. Good job, A-Team. I'll see you in a couple hours. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Thanks, Steve. Steve. Thanks, Adrian. Angelo Olivas, Andy Emfeld uh, with us here as Sports Talk continues. Come back with more. 41 past right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. You know, we got such a busy show today. We got to get in our movie review for Adrian Broadus. Yesterday, he showed up, and oh my God, Adrian was on fire. He gave us his, uh, he gave us the quickest movie review ever where he took a Patrick Swayze classic like Dirty Dancing, threw an eight banana review out there, and then he went into the latest from Elvis. And the black phone, because he's been busy. He's been seeing movies, old and new. Our movie reviews brought to you each and every day by uh, Alamo Draft House, home of the bottomless popcorn, the greatest uh, gift ever to mankind. Adrian, what would you like to review for our listeners here today? Yes, uh, today is Blue Velvet, a very interesting film that I got a chance to watch last week. Uh, 1986, this one came out, a mystery film. You could watch it for free anywhere. I mean, you, you look on a streaming service, they probably have it for free. It was free on Tubi where I watched it. You could also check it out on Pluto TV, or you could even find it on the Roku channel if you like uh, to watch things on your Roku device. So uh, this is a very, very interesting film and I, I really like mysteries like this and with with a little crime background behind it uh, it's it takes place with this guy named Jeffrey who returns home from college and he finds a human ear yeah like a, oh. like a literal human ear what a um, start 
Seriously. Uh, the police told him to get uh, be quiet about all of the details that he knows. Uh, and the police, his uh, the, the detective that they feature, uh, last name is Williams. His daughter, Sandy, also uh, wants to talk about some details with him. He His daughter, uh, Sandy, overhears the police talk a little bit about this case that's going on right now with the severed ear. And uh, turns out it's about a, a nightclub singer named Dorothy who's involved. Jeffrey, he pries and he tries to snoop off this uh, whole case and mystery that's going on and uh, he actually breaks into Dorothy's apartment and he finds out that the singer is like affiliated with this like mob like man named Frank uh, who is Dennis Hopper by the way Steve Um, a very very scary Dennis Hopper in this film Uh, he likes her blue dress he has a crew of men that work for him and they are involved uh, throughout all of this city uh, by the way, she is real distressed throughout this film. I'm talking about Dorothy. Uh, she is uh, real you know, distressed about the physical abuse that she deals with from Dennis, the sexual abuse that she deals with from him as well. And Jeffrey knows that something's going on. So he's kind of this fly behind all of this, trying to uncover what's going into this. Just a college guy who's trying to get deep into this investigation. Well, he ends up uh, with Sandy late in the, late in the film. Uh, I'm talking about the police daughter. Uh, and I love this scene the scene of his uh her ex-boyfriend mike chasing them down in a car and uh they think the whole time it's frank well later on in the film jeffrey finds that dorothy's husband is in the apartment without an ear he's dead there and uh he he stumbles on her late in the movie the police detective williams he learns about this and he helps jeffrey a little bit but Jeffrey's end ends up by himself toward the f- end of this film. He's like in a standoff against Frank, which, by the way, Frank is probably the the most uh, scummiest kind of character that you'll find in any type of movie. One of Dennis Hopper's classic roles. I mean, he was terrible. He's uh, this 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 character is uh, repulsive, disgusting, too intense at times. And uh, yeah, like the best quote of this whole film: "Don't you bleeping look at me." Uh, from from Dennis Hopper and his character Frank. Blue Velvet, a very interesting mystery film. It had a lot of twists and turns. I'm giving this one 8 out of 10 bananas as well. This is definitely my kind of movie. Solid review from Adrian. All right, he's on a roll. A couple of 8 out of 10 bananas as we uh, continue here on Sports Talk with our movie review as we wind up hour number one. Hey, we got a lot of fun coming up with hour number two. Can't wait to get Eric Villa back to the program. In fact, I got an article up right now at 600ESPNElPaso.com on Eric. All I can say is this as we get ready for this interview. I am so happy, Adrian, that he is healthy again because that is something that, unfortunately, UTEP fans were deprived of throughout uh, Villa's career here with the Miners. And let's not sugarcoat it, right? Because there were a lot of listeners on our show, on Miner Talk, who listen to UTEP basketball who don't like Eric Villa. They were very disappointed in his lack of production through his two seasons with the Miners. And his last season, he didn't even play. He didn't have that opportunity to step on the court because he was misdiagnosed with an injury. And, Steve, this is uh, one of those stories where, uh, on the surface, a lot of people won't want to listen in. But it, once you hear the story for Eric Villa, I- I'm sure everybody's going to be rooting for him uh, and what he's doing out in Spain. Hey, as tough and disappointing as his UTEP career was, nobody really ever talked to Eric about that. That was exactly. the hardest part. He, he, everybody was kind of left in the dark throughout that process. Well, we'll talk to Eric next, so stay with us. He begins our number two. As Sports Talk continues right here. 600. ESPN El Paso.
It's the start of hour number two uh, here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody, along with Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Minor fans, you're going to enjoy this. It's a treat for you because we get a chance to Zoom with uh, many former members of the UTEP basketball team, and we've got a good one with us uh, all the way from Spain. Very happy to have Eric Villa with us uh, right now here on the program. Eric, uh, good to see you, and uh, welcome back to the show. How you doing? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me back. I'm really happy, and yeah, I hope everything's okay. Uh, things are good with us, and it sounds like things are going great for you. Uh, being back in your home country, getting a chance to be healthy, playing basketball again, and uh, and winning a championship. A lot's happened in the last uh, 12 or so months since we last saw you here in El Paso, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm really happy, you know, with my, my recovery from my injury. I'm super happy to be back home. It was definitely... Uh, a much needed experience for me, you know, being back at home with my people it definitely helped out with the, the recovery process. So just really happy uh, for the opportunity they gave me and just now to win the championship, promote and get on the top uh, division in Spain. Now let's start with the injury for a second, because a lot of us were worried about you, and I'm sure you were worried about yourself because we didn't know if you were ever going to have a chance to play basketball again. Let's talk about the injury and how you've been able to recover to get back on the court. Sir, so um, it was a little unfortunate that uh, right the first couple of months of getting to UTEP, uh, I just started having pains on my left foot. Uh, the team was aware of that and, uh, you know, um, being a basketball player, obviously, you uh, always have some type of pains or uh, issues, you know. So we just, uh, with the athletic trainer, uh, we just started working on that, you know, trying to get it as, as less painful as possible to play. And we just decided to play it off the whole, my first whole season uh, at UTEP. But I knew something was wrong, you know. My whole teammates, all my, my coaching staff, I think they all knew there was something wrong. So... Uh, right when we finished the tournament, it got canceled because of COVID, obviously. Uh, we just wanted to do some testing, but I wasn't able to do so because everything was shut down. All the hospitals were obviously obviously uh, packed with people uh, with, since this whole breakdown of COVID happened, you know. So eventually I was able to do some testing in uh, August and it just turned out that I had, well, they told me I had one type of injury that... Um, Eventually, I didn't have, but I was misdiagnosed. So I just started the season uh, expecting to play by conference time. I uh, was hopeful, you know, because I also use the time to, for COVID to kind of get back in shape and be healthy. So I was hoping to be playing for conference play, but my pain wasn't going away. Uh, we, we did everything we could with the athletic training staff and nothing really improved. So uh, I just knew that something was still wrong and... Uh, with my corner, my family, we decided we needed some more testing. We needed to see a specialist, and that's what we did. Also, with the help of the coaching staff, they helped me out to find a a really good doctor in Houston. And uh, I think it was late February, I got diagnosed correctly with what I had my injury. It was way more severe than what they first told me. So I just knew at that point I had to get surgery, get that uh, taken care of, and you know, start the recovery process. I guess the hardest thing for you is that for the two years you spent in El Paso at UTEP, you never really was able, you were never able to get comfortable, stay healthy. So ultimately, it's kind of a bittersweet two years for you as a minor, isn't it? Because a lot of UTEP fans never came close to seeing what you were capable of on the basketball court. 
Yes, sir. I think it's something I will carry with me uh, my whole life, maybe, you know, uh, just knowing that I think I could have given more to the UTEP community. They were so great to me and welcome uh, when I first got there. And I was really hoping to uh, show them my, my skill set, you know, and I think I wasn't able, like you just said, I wasn't able to do that. And uh, it's something that uh, I hope with time and, you know, growing as a pro, I can hopefully make them proud and show them what I can do on the basketball court since I wasn't able to do it uh, when, I, when I was at UTEP. But that's also one of uh, motivation, you know, just to uh, bounce back from that injury and just kind of represent UTEP in a different way, not just what I was able to do in college, but just do it at the pro level as well. Eric Villa with us here on Sports Talk. Could you have decided to take a medical red shirt, come back from the surgery and have played last season with the minors or had you used up all your eligibility and that really wasn't an issue at that point? No, I had the, I mean, technically I had the COVID year uh, to to play, but I just, at uh, that point, I think I, 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 my mind was already in Spain. I just needed that time at home and just start uh, playing with the professionals, you know, and, I think it was draining that situation with me and, and what happened that I just felt it was the right thing to do. And uh, it was the best for my development, in my opinion, at that, so, at that time, of course. So you come back to Spain and how long did it take you from when you arrived till you were really able to get back into a position where you could play basketball without any pain in your left foot? So it was a it was a process, a whole process. So I spent the whole summer. Um, well, actually, I flew to Spain uh, in April, and but I was still I had a boot, I had the scooter, the whole crutches situation going, so I couldn't do anything. But I just used those four weeks before graduation to just be with my family and just uh, be able to see them because I didn't I haven't seen them at that point for two years since COVID happened. So I also miss my whole family because I wasn't able to fly back home because of COVID. So that was another situation as well. And after graduation, I flew back to the States, high graduation. And at that point, I stopped using crutches. I still had the boot, but I stopped using it because the doctor said it was okay. And so I basically spent the whole summer uh, slowly getting back into shape, uh, adjusting to my, my foot. And I want to say maybe like a month before the season started uh, in Spain, I would say August and maybe September. Or, uh, that's when I felt comfortable starting to play uh, basketball. It was an adjustment, you know, because the first preseason games and stuff, it was a little tough and I was obviously scared, but it just took a little longer, you know, but that was, that was okay because I understood that that was a process and then I needed to get back into basketball shape. Eric, what was your involvement like with Marcus Gasol? I know he's somebody who, when you uh, were with us here in our Lubingo studios, you told us how much of an influence he was when he was still playing in the NBA. But now he goes over to Spain. You end up joining his team. What kind of influence did he have to your decision on playing pro basketball? It was huge. Like uh, we t- I remember talking about it. That's right. Uh, when I got to El Paso, uh, he was a huge influence, obviously. Uh, he's the president of my hometown team so uh to me I, it's someone i always looked up to uh as a professional and obviously when we first talked and we discussed my situation he just made me feel really comfortable with uh, my opportunity there and my an opportunity just to grow and get back into basketball shape and, and just feel comfortable playing again so it, he was huge uh, i'm super thankful for the opportunity he gave me and uh being a 
under his wing a little bit now that I'm playing with him. It's just uh, incredible. Uh, it's been a super good experience for me just to be around that kind of talent, you know. Uh, so I'm just really happy and, and thankful for the opportunity he gave me to play basketball over there. Eric, you had a, um, a really a good season with Girona, all things considered, because you got healthy, you had a chance to start playing, contributing, you started scoring again, and getting about 21 minutes a game for this, uh, for this club. So I would say that if you had to gauge what your return to the basketball court was like as a professional in Spain, it's got to be a huge success for you, right? Huge, huge, uh, especially being the youngest in the team. Uh, you know, you always have to learn the, the ropes in a way. Uh, but also, like, my, I feel uh, this year has been incredible just because of Mark and what he brought to the table. It, that's the move he made coming from the NBA to, to Girona was unheard of. No NBA player would ever do that. That's And that just says a lot about him, too, what he believes and how he feels about the city, you know. So uh, back home, we're super happy and we, I don't think we're ever going to be able to thank him for what he's doing for the city, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I'm super happy. Like I said, uh, first year as a professional, really happy. And just uh, a lot of things coming uh, in the future, but just trying to take, take it all in and enjoy this time now. So I'm looking at the roster, and uh, Gasol was 37 years of age. You said you were the youngest, but it's funny. There, there are a lot of guys that were in their mid-20s, mid to late 20s on this club. So it was probably a pretty good range of uh, basketball talent on Girona, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Uh, I think we had a good mix of young talent with also really veteran players that have been around professional leagues and first division in Spain. So for me, it was just a great opportunity to just learn. You know, uh, I knew I had to learn from these guys just because they've been around so much, you know. And obviously, Mark has been all over the the world playing basketball, but also these old veterans that just know their way, just trying to learn, being a sponge, and just uh, trying to learn from these guys. Absolutely. So when you look at the way the season went, it went so well for you that your club wins the championship and now gets to move up a level in the uh, professional ranks in Spain. You know, we always think about football for relegation in European sports. We don't always think about basketball, but sure enough, that's mm-hmm. exactly the way things are in Spain, isn't it? Yes, sir. So we're playing second division, uh, and we just promoted to ACB, which is arguably the second best league in the world after the NBA. So that's how it works, really, in Europe. You, if you lose, you relegate. If you win, and you can promote. So we got a great chance to promote uh, because of the team we, we we created and Mark created. So it was a great success for us this year. What is the uh, community support like? About how many fans do you draw per game? And uh, what? Wh- how is it? Uh, how do you describe it to our, our listeners? It's unreal. Like, European fans are something different. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the student section in school. Uh, sports in Europe are huge, and people, like, bleed the the team colors you know it's it's like in a way being part of your own school that's how it is for the whole city so we just had a parade to celebrate and you felt like a rock star you are in this bus you know uh and there's the whole city out and just supporting you uh it's just something amazing and and you know i'm just super happy for the city because i'm from there and obviously it makes me proud to be part of that team that promoted to acb you know but just it's an incredible feeling. Like I said, uh, in Europe, sports are huge. So, yeah, it's huge for the city. 
just want to I want to go through that championship parade feeling, Eric, because you're doing this in front of your hometown. You're getting to ride around in this bus and getting excited with all your teammates. That that must be just an unbelievable feeling, right? Unbelievable. Uh, and also, I think some, something historical that happened uh, the same day we promoted to first division, the soccer team of Girona promoted to first division. So we made a parade both teams together. Uh, and now the whole city has two first division teams in one. It, it's, it was 136 minutes apart when since we promoted and the soccer team promoted. And it just never happened in European sports before. So I think that added a, like, a little extra to the excitement that the city was experiencing because both the men's uh, basketball and soccer promoted. And now Girona, it's one of the only five cities in Spain that has professional basketball and soccer in the same city. That's awesome. And the fact you guys both got promoted in the same uh, season is unbelievable when you start to think about what that means for the city and, and, and all the fans out there. Absolutely. It's, it's huge. For you now, uh, number one focus, staying healthy. We know that. But you're going to get the opportunity now to play on this club in the top level of basketball in Spain. You talked about just the quality of what it's like in terms of competition just under the NBA. Uh, goals for you, just continue to establish yourself in Spain and then maybe get a chance to play uh, on the national team and have a chance to go play in the Olympics? That's, that, that would be the dream, honestly. I know I'm still really young, especially now that I move a step up. I know it's going to be really tough because of the level of competition. So just trying to uh, work every day, learn from the, the vets, and, and just learn my way around the league. I know it's going to be an adjustment, obviously, but I'm excited. Uh, it's also something I've been dreaming of my whole life, so I think I'm ready. Uh, but just want to put the work in, the work in and just trust uh, what you're doing. Trust the team, trust the development, and just stay the course. Would you ever want to look at, as you hone your game in Europe, have an opportunity to come to, back to the States, maybe play either in the G League or the Summer League with the goals of one day trying to get into the NBA? Obviously, I think if you're playing basketball, that's always a dream, you know. So I'm, I'm, I know where I'm at. I know that there's still a long way to go. But that's all. I think that's one if you play basketball, I think that's probably one of your dreams, you know, just to play in the NBA at the highest level. So I'm going to work towards that. Uh, I know it's still a lot of work to be done. So I'm, I'm patient, but I know uh, hopefully when one day we can make it and, and uh, get there, you know. As far as UTEP goes, do you keep in touch with some of your former teammates as well as the program now with uh, Coach Golden? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I was there um, last year. Uh, I think I'm going to be there this year. Uh, just to see, I, I like to keep in touch. I've been keeping in touch with all the guys uh, that was with the were there during my time at UTEP. I'm so happy for the success they had this year. I've been following them. I even made my teammates watch some of our games uh, or soccer, uh, football games. So uh, yeah, I'm just trying to uh, keep keep in touch with them. I still talk to a lot of them. So uh, I wish them nothing but the best. They know that, and uh, I will always. Uh, cherish their successes but yeah uh, i love utep i'm really proud to be alumni so i'm just gonna try to uh keep following the the program can minor fans follow and watch games with you uh, for girona will they be able to see you in action online i think so i think so uh it's i don't know exactly every year is different you know but last year they were on la liga sports tv or movie star which is uh 
kind of like what you guys have, the, the SPN mm-hmm. situation in, in Spain. I'm not sure about next year, but I think so. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on things. We're excited about it. And uh, more than anything else, Eric, we're happy you're healthy. That's the most important thing. We talked about it at the start of this interview. We never had the opportunity to see what you were fully capable of because you played hurt your entire time in El Paso at UTEP. And we're happy you're healthy. We're happy you're getting a chance to continue your career. And it sounds like things are really, really going great for you back in your hometown. Yes, I'm really thankful. You know, uh... Or do you guys support uh, the UTEP community? Uh, and I just hope to make you guys proud, you know, uh, hope to make UTEP proud and just represent UTEP in a different way at the pro level. So just happy, really happy to be alumni and represent UTEP. But I'm just thankful for my time uh, in El Paso as well. Let's keep in touch. Looking forward to having you back on the show. And in the meantime, have a great Thank summer. So and, and thanks for the time, Eric. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, and just wish you nothing but the best and have a good summer. He's Eric Villa. He joins us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Come back with plenty more right after Charlie One, who's standing by with this traffic update. Back here on Sports Talk at 24 past the hour. Along with Adrian Bratis, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Jason Craig along for the ride, too. Had a good time with uh, Eric Villa. And I'll tell you what, Adrian, um, once again, Eric, uh, somebody that... I think when you feel and you understand the story behind Eric uh, a little bit more, it, it gives you a whole different perspective on things, don't you think? Oh, 100%, because, again, a lot of minor fans were knocking Eric Villa during his time here at UTEP for his lack of production, or, you know, that's what they saw in their eyes. And, you know, for somebody like Eric Villa, he was never healthy from the moment that he stepped foot on campus. That's and, right. Uh, and he, it's taken th- the better part of three years, but now he's uh, really, he, he's he's found out what was uh, really hurting him in his uh, left leg, and now he has an opportunity to really uh bounce back in a positive way in a professional basketball setting, which I love. I hate it too. And I'll tell you what, you're right about something. A lot of fans got so frustrated and fed up with Eric that they, um, you know, they disliked him. That's the best way to put it. But if you start to hear him talk about what it was like at UTEP, he even said it. It's going to haunt him for the rest of his life because he knows that he was somebody that could have done so much more here than what we ended up seeing. I think that whole team should be haunted, right? I mean, that whole 2019, 20, uh, yeah, 2020 team that had so much talent behind it and just fell short of all the expectations that were laid out ahead of them. So I, I think it'll haunt a lot of those members because when you look at the roster now, Anthony Tark in the G League, mm-hmm. Bryson Williams competing to be on the in the Summer League, Eric Villa coming off a uh, championship in Spain. These guys can hoop. They can play. There's no doubt about it. That's right. That is right. I'm with you on that one. And I I feel bad because, like you said, um, so much more should have happened from that team than what we ended up seeing. You really do feel, I don't want to say cheated, but in a way you, you do, don't you? I do. Yeah, I understand that. And I, I would see that from a fan's perspective and agree with that because with that team, you beat a team like New Mexico State for the first time in a long time at home. You beat New Mexico, the Lobos, uh, for the first time in a long time. That charity uh, game between Texas Tech, who at that time they were the runners-up for the national championship. I mean, the list goes on and on. This team yep. had a lot yep. behind them in non-conference play. And then as soon as they made a trip out to Hawaii, all things uh, fell apart with that group. And we'll never know what 
happened, right? Never. We'll never be able to figure out what actually took place there. Maybe we'll get a chance to ask Eric Villa down the line, and maybe he'll tell us. You think he will? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, that would be nice of him. I don't, uh, I'm not holding my breath, Adrian. Let's just put it that way. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But if it did, uh, that would be really interesting, wouldn't it? Most, uh, hey, that's the drama behind uh, behind the scenes. Hey, I, I feel like a book could be written about that UTEP basketball team and what unfolded. Really, mm, yeah, it would be it would be one of the more interesting books out there. Um, and and who knows, maybe someday somebody will tackle that subject because, yeah, a lot of us would love to hear what really went down. Uh, that is for sure because we don't really know the truth. Uh, just like I'll be honest with you, uh, just like. What happened with the women's basketball team this past year? I would love to know what took such a promising season and uh, and, and essentially just tanked it in December. That's right. I mean, we're talking about off seasons left and right between UTEP basketball, between UTEP football, and the women's basketball team. They need a, a complete overhaul with what happened last year, whether it's uh, mix, uh, mix, uh, mixing up their roster a little bit, getting new additions into the mix, and then having those players develop chemistry this off season so they don't have the same thing that happened this past season happen again. I, that's true. Uh, that, that is really true. So, I mean, let's put it this way. Marcus Gasol is the owner and player on the same team that Eric Villa played with this past season. Gasol played 25 minutes a game and averaged like 14 points per game. Villa played 21 minutes per game and averaged over 8 per game as a rookie. So it's pretty obvious that he's healthy and he's finding his niche on that club in which you know, Gasol and company helped take them back to the top level of uh, Spanish basketball professionally. Yeah, first off, the Marcus Saul connection is incredible. I, I the fact that well, Marcus Saul has always had a, a tie-in with Eric Villa, going back to his time here in UTEP and uh, during uh, Marcus Saul's stint in the NBA. The, those two had just had a great connection, and it's a personal off-the-court connection because they both come from the same area, and I think that's yep. awesome. You know, uh, Marcus Saul taking guys like Eric Villa under his wing, mentoring him, giving him an opportunity to play professional basketball, and then watching as he succeeds in the sport. I that's that's the, the reason you do things like this, right? I think Eric Villa is that poster child for this program, for this team in uh, Girona, and uh, the fact that they won a championship really says it all. Oh, 100%. 100%. And how about the fact that he compared it to the second-best pro league right behind the NBA? Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and I would agree with him because there's uh, there are these leagues that are all across Europe. Uh, some just have one standout player. But when you're looking at this one right here, yeah, th- this is where the NBA lo- loves to pluck some of their young players from. And, and I feel like this is a great, great, uh, you know, league that now Eric Villa is getting a chance to play in uh, since uh, Girona was uh, you know moved up. Yeah, that's true. By the way, how cool is it that there's relegation and promotion in basketball? And I, I didn't even know that. Did you? I had no clue and I love the relegation uh, system and model and I feel like it, it, it's some some form the U.S. can adopt relegation in, in one of their sport. Maybe it's mm-hmm. college football. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I like the model. I'm a fan. I am too. I am too. Bottom of the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Uh, We are past the middle of the show because 6.30 will be the cutoff as we get you ready for Hags. And, hey, we still have a lot more in store for you on the program today. We have a jam-packed edition with so many guests. And uh, coming up in 15 minutes, uh, MMA star Max Holloway. Uh, He is going to join Adrian one-on-one right after we come back from the break. But first, let's go to SportsCenter.
as we continue. Adrian, thank you very much. 32 now past the hour as we continue. Um, uh, good. I'm happy that uh, tonight. Oh, did you mention that Vinny Pasquantino is going to debut tonight for the Great uh, Kansas City Royals? Thanks to uh, Neff Poppy giving us that uh, little tip. Oh, no, I didn't know that. But I'm happy that uh, Vinny P is, is joining the, the squad today. And, yeah, let, let's let's see what he can do. Good. I'm excited about that, too. 33 past the hour as we continue. 505-6009. That is our telephone number, 505-6009, as uh, Sports Talk rolls along. Hey, by the way, is it just a foregone conclusion that Jalen Brunson's going to be a Nick? Is that a done deal? It's done. Um, he's basically signed with that team without it making it without making it public. I love how Tim McMahon of ESPN reported today that they're nearing the, the – this is almost final. And I'm thinking in my head – this has been final for a week now. Like, let's be honest with all with ourselves here with Jalen Brunson, and this isn't something that you you should be very excited about if you're a Knicks fan. To be honest with you, Steve, uh, Brunson shined in the postseason run with the Mavs. I don't know if all of that was just fool's gold right there. And you throw somebody who's never been in charge of a team—I mean, never even close to being charge of in charge of a team like Jalen Brunson—into a, a system like New York has. Yeah, that's that's a recipe for failure. I'm sorry. Hey, by the way, here's what's really interesting, okay? Um, Dallas has said that they would be willing to give Brunson a five-year contract. They're the only team that can do that because they own his bird rights. So that will be really interesting to see. Now, the Knicks apparently want to give him over $100 million for four years. So you really wonder, would the Mavericks break the bank? After all, Mark Cuban has said, the number one offseason priority in a weak free agent class is keeping Jalen Brunson. It's such a it's a tough dilemma right now between the Mavs and what they're going to do. I it's tough because do you want to pay Jalen Brunson that kind of max money? I don't know if that's the case right there. Well, the Knicks want to because they can't get anybody else to go there, so they figured let's do it. His old man went there years ago. Rick Brunson played for the Knicks back in the early two thousands, so now they'll bring the second Brunson in. And if I'm Dallas, I'm looking at the free agent class. I'm not excited about any of the guards out there, but would I settle on a veteran minimum deal with Ricky Rubio? Yes, yes, if I'm Dallas and not having to overspend with Jalen Brunson, marrying Brunson with Luka Doncic for the uh, you know the next couple years, I don't want that if I'm Dallas. I want to uh, build this team around Luka with established pieces, guys who are proven in the NBA. It's still Luka's team, but give him a, a second or third option so he can work with. You know, be hilarious like the Knicks just hired Rick Brunson to be the assistant coach under Tom Thibodeau so uh and by the way uh the dad Rick was the first ever client of Leon Rose who makes the calls for the Knicks yeah how great would it be that with everything they've done he still stays with Dallas wow that would be be the ultimate Nick that would be the ultimate Nick offseason uh decision right it really would yeah but in a program and an organization that's you know led by Leon Rose that has all these family ties like you just mentioned Rick Brunson on the coaching staff it just feels like it's lining up for guys who are with CAA or guys like Jalen yeah. Brunson to sign with them but do you really want to play for a team that's that one of the assistant coaches is your dad no no, not at all. And for Jalen Brunson, facing the New York media, having oh. to answer questions about his dad and stuff like that, and when the pressure starts uh, heating up, Jalen Brunson's going to fold. I like I like him, Steve. I think he could be a great guard in this league, but not a, a star, not a superstar in this league by any stretch. But do the Knicks even need him to be a superstar? Because the truth is, even if they give him this kind of money, okay, 
and and they and, and it's very possible that it's going to be R.J. Barrett. I mean, that's it's still R.J. Barrett's club for the foreseeable future. So I look at Brunson as a complementary piece, but not as the leader of this team. You still have Julius Randle coming off a down season, but he's still there. I mean, you don't need Jalen Brunson to be a superstar. No, but you need a star down the line to complement R.J. Barrett. And it's not Jalen Brunson. It, it, Jalen Brunson is going to be an overpaid role player when it's all said and done. And his, you know, his third and fourth and fifth year of that deal is not going to look pretty if, if things go south in New York. Yeah, sure, they can trade that deal, but there are a lot of great point guards all across the NBA. And I, I think you need somebody to complement R.J. Barrett. I agree with you. I think you, you still need to... Uh, develop him watch him as he grows within your organization but when you're paying that kind of money to Brunson what does that tell you about the money that you're going to eventually have to pay to RJ Barrett no you're right you're absolutely right that's that's true but I will say this I'll give I'll give Brunson credit that when Luca was out he played his best basketball with the Mavericks and when Luca was on the bench he was dishing out assists like crazy so it shows you that he has the ability it's just it's hard to coexist with Luca and be a superstar because he is such an alpha male on the court. And now with a team on his own, with Jalen Brunson, maybe he could average 20-plus points, average 8-plus assists, and help out a team as a uh, secondary star. Not a star, but somebody who can maybe grow into a secondary star role. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So um, we will see what happens. Uh, It's going to be fascinating to see. And by the way, uh, the Knicks don't have the three-point shooters that the Mavs do. So Brunson's assist totals could go right down the toilet because if you're not playing around with great three-point shooters um, like Dallas, it totally changes your value of your of your um, you know your perceived value. But what does he care? He's going to chase the money. He's going to be a multi. You know, he'll be uh, he'll make his he'll make his millions when it's all said and done. He's going to cash out with the Knicks this offseason. One other trade that the Knicks will have to do: move Julius Randle. Good Let's luck with that. There. Good luck with that. It's not going to be easy. Not easy at all. All right. I'll tell you what is easy. Investing with Brian Birds, Adrian. That is easy. Because, man, oh, man, you want to cash in on an investment, you got to call Brian. That's what Jose did. He had land in Clint. Land in Clint that he had just purchased as an investment. And you want to know what he wanted to do? Sell it and cash in. So the aggressive marketing strategies of Brian and his team got an offer locked down in just 10 days after listing it. Jose got the best deal because he trusted the best team. You know, I need to start buying land in Clint. That's my takeaway from this. Not only can Brian Birds deliver, but I need to start buying up land in Clint. That's right, folks. Remember, if you're worried about leaving money on the table, if you sell your home, don't worry. Brian Birds of the Brian Birds Home Selling Team, powered by EXP Realty, has you covered. And here's why. He's got a coming soon homes program. That means homes or even properties listed with him or sold within minutes because his buyers get a free head start. So call the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC, and the Rhinos. The only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Brian Birds today, 751-1500, online at brianbirds.com, or Google Brian Birds and start packing. Hey, El Paso, have you heard? To sell your home.
All right, and welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us here along with Steve Kaplowitz. It's time to jump back out to our phone lines and welcome on Max Holloway. You know, we don't get a chance to talk about UFC enough here on this show, but UFC 276 is coming up this weekend, and as part of the co-main event, they are bringing the UFC featherweight championship belt up for grabs. It's Alexander Volkanovsky, who's the current champion, and he's going up against Max Holloway, who's joining us here on Sports Talk today. This one taking place live in Las Vegas on Saturday night. You can purchase the fight on pay-per-view via ESPN+. Uh, Max, thank you so much for the time here on Sports Talk today. What's it like being a part of such a historical fight like this where you've got two fighters who are in the top 10 when it comes to pound-for-pound fighting rankings? Uh, I mean, you just said it, you know. And then my question to you is when did this happen in the last decade, you know, because I, I can only remember one, you know, and like with DC and Jones, so... It, it's crazy, you know, this, this doesn't happen, you know, and to the hardcore fan and the hardcore journalist as yourself, it's a huge one. Most definitely, and for those who've seen you fight, they get it, they understand what, what kind of fighter you are, but for those who haven't seen you fight, what's your style like? How would you describe yourself? Uh, for those who didn't see me fight, or for those who are trying to get family and friends into the fighting game, I would simply just say just tune in July 2nd and... uh I'll do the rest. You know, live on pay-per-view on ESPN Plus, uh, I'm going to do it. You know, I, that's, that, that's just it. This is simple. You know, I'm, uh, I I love fighting. I felt like I was made for this, and uh, I feel like I put on fun fights. You all have fought, fought twice for the UFC featherweight belt before, back in 2019, back in 2020. How much do the, does that second fight at UFC 251 frustrate or, or maybe motivate you as the one that kind of ended in that controversial split decision? I mean, it, it is what it was, you know. At the end, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk, right? And, you know, two, and only, only three people's decisions in the world matter that night, you know, and they went the other way, so... We're here. We're back. We're better than ever. I had to get back on that horse. I did my thing, and um, you know, if it was so clear cut on the first two, we wouldn't be here for the third. So uh, I'm blessed, and I, I can't wait for it. And uh, hey, you've had some success since that last fight that we're talking about. That two, uh, UFC 251. You've picked up back to back wins since your last uh, fight against Alexander Volkanovsky. What can you tell us about you, you know your kind of progression since that fight? I mean, the progression speaks for itself, man. You know, the last two fights, I felt good. I felt on. And I, I can't wait. You know, I can't wait to share. I shared, the, I shared the octagon for 15 minutes with this man. I can't wait to go out there and uh, and get it done. You know, like I said, I, I've been saying in past interviews, I'll be surprised if we go past three in this one, man. I, I feel good. I feel great. Checked all the boxes. It's just time to go to work now. It really feels like this fight has been a long time coming. I mean, you look all the way back in 2020. That's the last time since you fought Alexander Volkanovsky. And now, two years later, I know that there were some things in the mix before and maybe you all would have had a chance to compete against each other and fight. Uh, but now you get the opportunity this Saturday. What's different now compared to two years ago when you had a chance to fight him uh, in 2020? Uh, you know, he... He's a different fighter. I'm a different fighter, you know. Like I said, looked like he had some tools. I added some tools, and um, we get to find out what is different, you know. We get to find out. We are days away of finding out what is different between me and him, uh, uh, what is brand new, or what did we add, or what we actually added to our toolbox, you know. So I can't wait for it.
When we're talking about things like, uh, you know, you being a 30-year-old fighter, a former champion, what you know, you're one of the best that in the featherweight class that MMA has seen. Are, are you happy with your career if it ends tomorrow? Or are, are you still hungry to accomplish more in this sport? I mean, every fight I, I approach the same, you know, like we all know, you know. Like it's my first, my first fight, and it could possibly be my last. So, you know, at the end of the day, I... I really don't know, you know. I, I got to really answer that question, you know, when I retire because that's when you, you you should take everything in, you know, and, and, and everything, all the stuff that people talk about, all the titles and stuff, you, you celebrate it when you're done because if you're celebrating during your, during your run, then you're just wasting time, you know. So right now I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not sitting back smelling the roses. Uh, I'm, I'm in the dirt. I'm in the trenches digging, you know, and uh, – I'm I'm hungry and ever, and I just can't wait to just keep going. Max Holloway joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Max, what was your you know your kind of pre-fight re- regimen like? What was your workout routine looking like ahead of this one? Ah, looking pretty crazy. You know, I, I train once once or twice a day, uh, a day, depending on how hard the workout was, and then you know I'd spend some time with the family, and then I'd I'd have to get on. Uh, you know, like for for a lot of you guys that don't know, I stream on Facebook fb.gg backslash Masalo official. Play Apex, so you know my mind is just constantly on competitive mode. I guess. Ah, okay, I understand now. So when you're not in the octagon, you're likely gaming and possibly streaming. Apex is your game of choice, it seems like. Uh, for all our listeners out there who want to follow your Apex journey, uh, what where can they find you? Uh, uh, I stream live on Facebook, Facebook Gaming, so it's fb.gg backslash Max Holloway official, and I know today's a split, so I got I got to get back on the grind soon. <laughs> hey, uh, what what you did you take anything away from Volkanovski's uh, you know TKO fight against the Korean Zombie back in April? Do you take anything away from this one, or are you just kind of focus on yourself? I, you know, I'm just focusing on him, focusing on myself. Uh, I, I didn't really, I, I didn't, I didn't, not really, I did not watch the fight at all. I saw a clip of the finish, maybe, but, you know, my coaches, they watched it. They told me, you know, it wasn't nothing too crazy to tune in about, you know. I think so. The fight went exactly how a lot of people thought the fight would happen. So, you know, you couldn't really take away anything from it. Um, for me, because I, I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> So then, in the second fight of the trilogy, I know we we touched on this earlier. Uh, you uh, Volkanovski won both fights on paper. Second one very controversial. Uh, what what do we need to do this time around just to make sure the judges are not involved in the decision of of what happens here in the trilogy? What's the mentality like from you going into the trilogy fight after after these past fights? I mean, I feel good. I feel great. Like I said, man, I've been in here. I've been in with this guy for fifty minutes, and. I just can't wait, man. I'm feeling good, man. The, the 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 words words can I express how great I feel coming into this one. So, like I said, man, as simple as that. Like, we'd be lucky if we 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 see we get out of a third, you know, of this fight. So. So I, I can't wait for it. Uh, it seems like this one brings a lot of pressure, the trilogy fight uh, for this weekend. Do you just tone out the noise, or do you use it as fuel to kind of drive you? I mean, every fight. That's what every fight, you know, even if you guys don't agree with me. I think every fight, the pressure is always on me. That is how I feel. I feel like I, I take all the pressure and uh, 
I love it. You know, you live for it. These are moments you live for. Uh, the pressure I live for it, and you know, you you gotta know how to take that pressure. And uh, you know, I guess what is the saying? They say uh, pressures make diamonds. So I can't wait for it. Is it does it make anything uh, interesting the fact that this, you are going inside T-Mobile Arena for the first time since that first matchup against Volkanovski? Does that add anything to it? The fact that you're going back to T-Mobile Arena? Ah, uh, for sure. You know, like I got five title wins. You know, to be to to get the sixth title against Alex in T-Mobile Arena, the ninth island in front of a lot of Hawaiians, it's it's going to be awesome. Max, thank you so much for all the great time this weekend. For all our listeners out there who are fans of yours, uh, what are, what's the message that you're sending them to the, for this weekend's fight? The message is thank you guys for the support. Thank you guys for everything, man. It means a lot. And uh, make sure to tune in live on pay-per-view. You guys don't want to miss this. One last time, we'll recap everything. It is UFC 276 co-main event this weekend. Alexander Volkanovsky going up against Max Holloway, who you just heard from Saturday in Las Vegas as part of the UFC featherweight championship belt. Max, thanks so much for the time again. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, brother. You have a great one. All right, you too. Max Holloway here as Sports Talk continues. UFC 276, you can catch the pay-per-view on ESPN Plus for this weekend's co-main event. Take a time out right now. Hour number three right around the corner with UTEP Chief of Staff Reggie Miller joining us on deck as Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, our friends from X-1, little ghost monkey leading us off in our final hour. Can't wait to see those guys back on tour in El Paso. Uh, I hear they're uh, going to be playing sooner rather than later. So we hope to have more uh, X-1 songs for you uh, here in the rest of the year. Along with Jason Craig, Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplow. It's good to have you back. Final 30 minutes of the show. We've got a special guest joining us on the phone lines right now. He's Reggie Miller, the newest member of the UTEP men's basketball staff. Uh, Reggie, good to have you on the show today. When Adrian told me I've got Reggie Miller on, I thought, my goodness gracious, how did we score this guest? And then he said, no, 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 it's the UTEP Reggie Miller. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, you don't want to be confused by the two. Have, has your outside shooting ever been compared to the other Reggie Miller? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Reggie Miller was a sniper. I was, I was never really a sniper. Yeah, plus he talked a lot of trash and he beat the Knicks. So that's that's very true. It's uh, <laughs> a good point. Uh, first off, welcome to the show. Welcome to UTEP. And uh, I saw the tweet a couple of weeks ago when uh, a Coach mentioned he was very excited about adding you to the staff. Uh, what's it like for you knowing you get a chance to reunite with Joe Golding here at UTEP? Um, it was everything for me. So my past couple of years at ACU when he was coaching uh, was kind of some of the best basketball that I was able to play under a great coaching staff, so being able to reconnect with him was everything for me. When did you finish out at ACU? A couple years ago? Oh um, no, so I finished this previously this last spring. Oh wow, so you're right out of you're right out of uh, your playing career, which means you're on that team, Reggie, that ended up uh, beating Texas a couple uh, a year ago, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, um, right out of the gate, is that the would, would you put that as the highlight of uh, your college basketball career? Without a doubt, without a doubt, it was everything. 
did you guys know you were going to go in there and, and just shock the horns? I'm curious because I've heard Joe talk about it. I haven't really talked to any of the players about that from, from that particular game, but what was your mindset going into that one, knowing you had a great season and nobody probably gave you much of a chance to go in there and, and beat Texas? Um. So the first, the selection night, when we first got selected, we got Texas, and it was a, it was a little like, okay, well, they're kind of high right now. They just won a Big 12 tournament. Um, they're a great team. And then after we started breaking down film with the coaches, I think every day up until the game, we became we would leave even more that we were going to win that game. So when the tip-off came, we had no doubt that we were going to win that game. We had prepared well, and we were just ready to go out there and shock the world. Man, that's a, that is the way to do it. You just you just knew you had a good idea and you knew things were going to be special and and that's exactly what happened. But that whole season was kind of special, really, if you think about it. Not just getting into the tournament, but you guys had a great run just going up to that point. Yes, sir. It was it was a pretty good season. Um, I think we had a great team. We had great chemistry. We had great relationships and. It ended up being a good season for us. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about that. It, it it was, and I'm looking at that season for you because you played about 30 minutes uh, a game that year, and uh, you just had uh, you had a really nice season. You uh, were able to score some points, grab some boards, grab some assists, and really for you, pretty consistent when you came on board to that uh, to that program. I felt like really, um, you know, your your junior and senior and senior seasons were almost identical stat wise. That's pretty crazy, Reggie, from the number of minutes you played to the points, the rebounds, the assists. It, it seemed like those last two years really mirrored uh, each other for you out there with the Wildcats. Yes, sir, I just try to go out there and do what I can to help the team win. Like It just depends on the night, what the team needs me to bring, and I try to bring that every night. You grew up uh, in Houston, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, was basketball your first love, or were you playing other sports at the time? Um, actually, basketball was my third sport, so football and baseball were my first two sports. Um, those two didn't work out because of the elements. I'm not good in, in the elements. I hate the cold and I hate the super hot sun, so basketball was a sport for me. Well, for, wait, slow, slow, slow down for a second. You hate the cold. There's no cold in Houston. That place never gets cold. It's like, yeah, you know, the yeah. same temperature the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Below 32 degrees is cold to me. All right, fair enough. So, so for you, uh, the elements. It got to a point in your life where you said, "You know what? I'm gonna stick to this basketball stuff. I get to play in the gym inside, and I don't have to deal with uh, deal with the elements." Exactly, exactly. I actually started. I stopped playing baseball probably about fifth grade, I want to say, and then I stopped playing football eighth grade year. It was my last year, so. When I got to high school, it was straight basketball for me. Was it a tough choice? I mean, especially if that was your third sport, was it difficult giving up the other two, especially football, since you played all the way through eighth grade year? Um, Not really. I had the same love for all three sports, so it wasn't really a tough choice for me. And then I had more friends in the sport of basketball as well. So even though a lot of my friends from football played basketball as well, I had like, obviously I had more friends in basketball. So I had support going into it, making my decision. Reggie, what was it about Joe Golding that first struck you? Do you have a story that really, uh, it, you know, struck a chord with you personally? Maybe it was the first time that you met him or, or something along those lines. Why do you guys have such a great relationship? Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure there is a story, but not that I can recall right now. But I think what stuck out the most is he always told me that, like, he would always stress for the team, like, build relationships, get to know the guy next to you, build real relationships, and – when I first got there, you know, um, I'm new. I'm kind of getting used to everything, and I was hearing that a lot. And over my past two years, when people ask me about it, I say, like, that's what made our team so good was the fact that we actually build real relationships. I actually cared about the guy next to me, and I think that goes a long way. 
Uh, Before your days out there at Abilene Christian, you were at Seward County Community College. You had a chance to play in the uh, National Junior College Tournament and and won the Region 6 Championship. Um, I always wonder when you talk about going from high school where you were at Klein Forest over to Community College, it seems like that that just it helps mold and shape what you're like, not just as a basketball player, but as a person. Would you? Seward's always been considered one of the best uh, junior colleges in the country, too. Did it have that kind of effect on you? Oh, yes, sir. So actually, out of high school, my freshman year, I attended Texas State University and played under Coach Casper okay. in my 2017-2018 um, year. And then I went to Seward the year after that. But I would say um, I played under a great coach, um, Jason Sarter, at um, Seward. He was a tough coach. He made everybody tough. And I think the whole experience of going D1 and having to go back JUCO was like an unbelievable experience, not as a for me as in a sense, but as far as like my game, like getting back to the small things, focusing on the details. Um, going to junior college, we have about 18, 19 guys on the roster. Um, that's a lot of guys. So you have to go in there and compete every day for your spot. Like nothing will be given to you. But that's kind of what we did, and things played out well, and we ended up having a great season. Reggie Miller with us here on Sports Talk, one of the newest uh, members of the UTEP uh, basketball staff under uh, Joe Golding. By the way, I saw that uh, you were Dave Campbell's co-defensive player of the year. No wonder Joe Golding loves you so much. It was the defense that stood out for you. Yes, sir. That's kind of what stuck out for me. One of my coaches told me I had to be great at something, and and defense was a thing for me. I focused on defense. I took pride in defense, and it led me to where where I am now. Now, the beautiful thing is, as I looked at your bio on the Wildcats website of Abilene Christian, um, it said, plans to be a basketball coach. So I like that. So this move is right in line with everything you've always wanted to do since your playing days. How come you wanted to be a basketball coach? Oh, well, you know, as a point guard, that's kind of what everybody or what everybody tell you growing up. You want to be a coach. You want to be a coach. I think it's more of my knowledge of the game. Um, growing up, I was always a leader. I always kind of knew what was going to happen next. I always had a great IQ, so I kind of feel like that kind of played a lot, had a lot to do with it. And then when I got to college and started you know, working, um, I knew it was another side of the, to the coaching thing that I, I, I hadn't experienced yet, and I kind of wanted to, kind of wanted to get into that. So as my playing years went on, all my coaches knew I wanted to be a coach, so it wasn't a surprise to anybody. But when the time came, I just made the decision. Reggie, how can you relate to some of these current players? Because it's not just on the court where maybe you could show them some stuff of what, what you're what you're able to do. But maybe off the court, like uh, you've you have experience in things like NILs and and just you you've been through it as a college player. What can you bring as far as just uh, leveling with some of these players that are on the current roster? Um, I just try to focus. I just try to focus on encouraging the players. You know, the coaches get on them a lot. Coaches they, they want them to get better. So I try to be the other dude in the ear, tell them everything is going to be okay and trust the process. Like, even though it might not look all pretty and beautiful right now, like, this is a part of the process, and, and you can't skip steps in the process. So me having experience in that is just being in the ear, telling them little things, helping them when I can, and with me going through everything already. Not to mention, you're just a few months removed from playing. So, really, you'll be able to relate to a lot of the players on this roster because you're close in age, and, and again, they can look to you because it wasn't that long ago uh, you were playing for Coach Golding. Yes, sir. Um, just building relationships. Like, like, even, as a, even as a coach, now, I, I still focus on, on building relationships, building real relationships because I think that goes a long way. If you can trust me with what I'm telling you, then you can trust the dude next to you. And I just feel like... What I've learned over the last three years, three or four years, like I just come and I try to give a little bit to each player every day. What do you like about El Paso so far, Reggie? Oh, 
I love a lot of things about El Paso, but for the number one thing for me is the weather. It's not humid out here, and I love that. Nah, there's yeah, there, there's there's no humidity. You don't have to you don't have to worry about that at all. Which is actually, I'm sure, going to be n- nice for you. Uh, what about uh, uh, just out of curiosity? You spent three years in Abilene, Texas. What do you eat there? Um, a little bit of everything. Um, I think my favorite spot to go to was Fuzzy's. I had a, a grilled quesadilla I used to get from there. I got that probably about once or twice a week. Um, they pretty much have a lot of everything. I, I eat a lot of fast food. You know, my diet's not the best, but I'm I'm 150, so I'm, I mean, I could pretty much eat anything. So um, I, I mixed it up a lot. I didn't really focus on one place. Other than Fuzzy, that was my spot. But other than that, I kind of mixed it up. You realize all my listeners hate you right now that you just said you're 150 and you eat everything. That is like the most, I mean, do you know how many people would give anything to, to be in that same spot like you to know that you can have a diet of fast food because it doesn't matter. You don't put on weight. That, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I apologize for that, but it's the truth. Well, good. Then don't, then don't apologize. And listen, uh, there is never, I'm going to tell you something right now, okay? Don't ever apologize for speaking the truth. I don't care if the truth hurts. Hey, good for you. That's, you've got that over everybody else. Now, are you excited knowing you're going to the Mexican food capital of the country? Um, yeah, I've probably tried a numerous amount of restaurants since I've been here, and I haven't just like one of them. So I love, I love the food out here. All right, if you eat your way through El Paso, is there a chance you could put at least another 15 to 20 on since you come into coaching here? I'm hoping. I'm really hoping. That's, that's the goal for sure. That's definitely the goal. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what's amazing to me is that if your goal is to gain weight, I, listen, if you hang around with us enough uh, off the court, I promise we'll put weight on you. That will not be an, an issue at all. We'll make sure it happens, all right? I'm looking forward to it, man. All right. Listen, Reggie, welcome to UTEP. Looking forward to having you with the Miner staff. Appreciate you joining us on the show today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You got it. He's Reggie Miller, folks, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Come back to wrap it up with Tim Haggerty. Final countdown right after Charlie One, who's standing by with this traffic update.